0: It's time for episode 402 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes.
1: Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast you can use as an egg timer, if you're making three subsequent batches of eggs anyway. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, good bud, and oh, I've already said bud, but he's also my dungeon bud E. It's Dan Morin. How you doing,
0: Dan? Ding. I think my eggs are ready, Micah. I got to go. So. <laughs> oh, no.
1: That's a yeah, short egg I, timer.
0: What a, what a terrible way to start my egg timer, right when we're about to do a show. <laughs> ah, well, as we are starting this show
1: here, I am excited to say that uh, joining us to my left here is the co host of Automators right here on Relay FM uh nested folders and my co-host on ios today as well as an author and all around automations nerd it is rosemary orchard welcome back rosemary
2: hi thank you for having me and teaching me there's buttons i need to press this is exciting
0: (laughs) (laughs) and to my left this week a first timer on clockwise tech enthusiast engineering faculty member and host of talking to the internet it's Corey hickson welcome to the show cory
3: Thank you all for having me. This is my first live recording ever.
0: Ooh, well, uh, just don't pay any attention to that net that's underneath you that's just there for safety.
1: <laughs> all folks. Well, we're going to kick things off. We've got four topics in 30 minutes, and I'm going to get going with mine. Uh, it will be a WWDC show. And I'm wondering, uh, Spatial Audio has officially launched in Apple Music uh, lots of playlists and things like that to check out. Uh, have you been listening to it? And if so, what do you think of it? Rosemary, we'll start with you.
2: Well, I have been trying to listen to spatial audio, uh, but I've, been ha- I've run into a few technical difficulties. Uh, first of all, uh, I was trying with um, AirPods that, for whatever reason, had not been updated. Uh, and as anybody who's ever tried to force AirPods to update before knows, this is a long trial. Uh, and then I did some digging around it. Turned out the music I was trying to listen to was not remastered in spatial audio. So I loved the idea in principle. It sounds wonderful and amazing, but what it actually sounds like to my ears is, well, the same music I've been listening to because uh, none of it seems to have been upgraded slash I am struggling with it at the moment. That said, uh, I believe everything is now updated, um, and I plan to go through the Apple, the music store later uh, today and find some stuff that's been remastered, and uh, hopefully I will then get to enjoy it. But so far, I've been doing extremely badly at this. How about you, Dan? (laughs)
0: rosemary you make a great point the this has been one of the messiest rollouts i feel like because there are so many asterisks on it it's like all right so you can listen to these tracks but not those tracks just these tracks also you need to update your phone and you need to use these headphones or this equipment if you're using these computers it is in some ways the least apple like (laughs) launch of a product i have seen in a very long time i did manage to listen to quite a bit of this and i think my overriding impression of spatial audio is (laughs) (laughs) perfect it's on some songs it's really good and in fact the verge wrote up a piece about this which confirmed basically what i was talking to other people about some tracks are really good it makes a really interesting way of sort of adapting the music there are tracks where choices that have been made that are just puzzling and make songs actively sound worse just because like the wrong things are are like boosted and you know you end up with this strange soundscape experience so i was listening to like Trying to think what it was today. It was like a, a, a Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. And I was like, this, this doesn't sound good. I actually think I prefer the stereo mix of this. So I'm not sure that across the board it's a great experience for everything. And I think it's because it's something that needs to be, you know, kind of done by hand makes that really challenging. And this, you end up with a lot of mixes that are obviously somebody's interpretation of a song. And you may or may not agree with that interpretation. So I think that's a little risky. I think that the this is going to re- revitalize music in the same way that HD did for like TV. I think that's hyperbole. I, I think a lot of people are probably going to try it for a while and then maybe go, eh, it's fine, but I'll probably just go back to stereo.
3: Corey, what about you? So here's where this is on my importance level. I downloaded Apple Music to try this out. For this show, right? Oh, so wow. that's how not important this is to me, because I just like music. I mean, I've been doing acoustics, audio, different things for so long in my life that I don't really care what it is. I just like to listen to it, and I like to to have that experience of listening to it. i I can somewhat tell that there's a difference um, with my AirPods Pro that you know the the sound there's different nuances to the sound. But to say that I'm going to go out and seek out that or that it it it's a requirement for my listening now, I mean that's just that's just not realistic. Most of the time there's so much background noise and whatever I'm listening to anyhow, I don't know if I would, you know, I don't have the chance to sit down and just listen to music. Uh one thing that if you want to listen to more or, or learn more about this, um Alex Lindsay uh, Leo and, um, Andy and Akko did a, a really interesting breakdown of this on Mac break weekly. So I got a lot out of that, but to me, to, for me to go out and actually seek this out in the future, I think it's a, it's a very, very long way away.
1: My favorite part of that MacBreak Weekly session was Andy and Atka going, I'm just bored to death of <laughs> spatial audio and people talking about spatial audio, because I totally get where he's coming from with that. Uh, as Dan pointed out, that, uh, that fact that everybody is trying to, or that, that everybody's trying to give it a go that is trying to give it a go, but there are all of these different rules and uh, different setups. Uh, here's what I recommend. So most people will have come across this by, net, by now, but if you have, haven't there's a great little track um, in Apple Music that has uh, a Marvin Gaye song, and it is Zane Lowe walking you through the differences. And because the Marvin Gaye song is as old as it is, it's in mono and then it was remastered in stereo, and then now they've remastered it with spatial audio. And with that one, I could totally tell the difference. It genuinely felt like, because I was using my AirPods Pro, Marvin Gaye was whispering right in my ear, and the music was behind him. But what was funny to me is that then they did a modern song from The Weekend, and I listened to that, and I said... I uh, it was funny to me because it was just there's no no difference in my ears I could not tell the difference between the two and so Zane Lowe's going can you tell how the beat is <laughs> the bass is just rattling through your the chest sense rise and, into and the air. yeah the yeah. sense rise above your head and I'm like none of that is happening Zane Lowe no um so I do agree that I think it depends on the song um. I I will be interested to hear uh some Beyonce remastering in, in spatial audio because she does have some songs where If it feels like she's right there whispering in your ear with the music behind in the same way that Marvin Gaye was, uh, that would be a really cool experience. So I have some excitement about it just to hear music in a different way. But honestly, I think that Alex Lindsay, um, since you brought it up, Corey, put it best in that this is really uh, an excitement for the music industry because it's a chance for them to market their back catalog by saying, hey, this is all new. But if they're just running a processor, like an automated processor, sorry, rosemary that um just says hey bring all the vocals to the foreground and put the music in the background without any other changes or choices then it's not going to be as good as if you do it manually and with an artist so i hope that some artists say no we're not just going to automatically enable spatial audio we're going to make some choices about this uh let us move on to our next topic which comes from rosemary
2: Well, uh, I apologize to all of you who were deafened on Monday when uh, they said that Shortcuts was on the Mac. I did scream very (laughs) loudly. Um, So uh, I'm curious, are you going to use it? Are you excited by Shortcuts on the Mac? And of course, what was your favorite new thing from WWDC this year, Dan? So I can't pick
0: Shortcuts for Mac as my favorite new thing? Is that cheating in this case? You're allowed to.
2: You're allowed to. We can share.
0: I think it was the one that jumped out at me the most mainly because I, though I am not as much of a uh, automation expert as Rosemary or our friend Matthew Castanelli, I do like shortcuts on iOS a lot and I've gotten a lot of use out of them. And then every once in a while I've tried to do something like that on the Mac and been like, why is this so hard (laughs) and i've used automator and i've used apple script and i've used shell scripts and keyboard maestro and all of this stuff but it's always just so frustrating to think about that by the time i've invested all this energy into it i just like give up so i'm really hoping that shortcuts for mac means that i'm going to be able to take advantage of not only some of the ios workflows that i already have but also things that i want to automate on my mac exclusively um, and I know uh, my colleague Jason Snell said he ran one of his iOS shortcuts on the the beta, and it just worked. It just worked. He's like, I didn't have to change literally anything. I was like, well, that is exciting. Because to me, that means there's a possibility that a lot of the things that I am already using to automate my life on my phone or on my iPad are going to seamlessly make that jump to the Mac. So yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. I think it's the thing that I'm kind of most excited about about checking out when uh, when I eventually install the betas because let's all agree that's going to happen sooner or later.
3: Corey, what about you? So, uh, I'm very excited about this, um, primarily because my brain works differently when I'm sitting in front of my Mac than it does when I'm in front of my iPad. So I've, I've dabbled with shortcuts, um, on the, on iOS and on iPadOS and things like that. And it's fine. I get things to work and and everything kind of does mostly what I want it to do after 19 different tries and fixing different things and following Rosemary's different guides and, you know, stealing as much as I can from her. Um, but I think, I think my brain is going to engage in it in a different way when it's sitting in front of my Mac and it's sitting in front of me. So, yeah, I'm very excited about it and I'm excited to see what new things it can do, right? So, like Dan was saying, you know, Automator, um, I've worked with Automator before and Automator's very, very uh, valuable and beneficial you know when you get the thing up and running and you get it to um, the thing that you want to do uh, doing exa- exactly what you want it to do and I'm excited to see what that will open up with the new technology the new hardware um, and how those things it was not my favorite thing from WWDC this year but my favorite thing is coming when it's my turn for the topic <laughs> so I'll, I'll pause and hold that for you so uh, Micah you're up
1: Honestly, Rosemary, this is a very tough question. Uh, because I think there's there's so much, and I I do have a, a special place in my heart with shortcuts uh, on the Mac because it makes me feel closer to you and to Matthew. Uh, but the one that I'm going to mention is kind of a it's a side feature that uh, kind of got missed, I think, for some folks, and it is an update to Find My, uh, which is Apple's sort of network for Find My devices, where. Uh, if you're running iOS 15 and you have um, uh, activation lock turned on on your different devices, even when the devices are powered off, and, and this is specifically um, M1 devices, and I, I'm not sure if the the newest Mac will, if M1 Mac will do it, but uh, sorry, so Apple Silicon devices like iPhone, iPad, even if they're completely turned off, uh, or erased, you can still use the Find My Network to locate your devices. And that is so cool. I don't know how many devices are, are stolen on a given day, uh, but I had my iPad Pro stolen one time in San Francisco. And uh, by the fact that it was a cellular model that got into a place where there was no cellular connection and that it ran out of battery, I was unable to locate it after that point. And so knowing that even if my phone, you know, even if the, the bad actor turned it off or did something to, um, to reset it or, or completely flush it, uh, that it could still be tracked, I think is really neat feature. So it just makes these devices even less, uh, interesting for people to try and, and, uh, and, and snag. And I think that's a, a pretty cool thing. All righty. Rosemary, why don't you
2: round us out? So I am excited by shortcuts on the Mac. If anybody didn't guess that, then I'm (laughs) going to give you a minus minus one point Hufflepuff. Um, Sorry, Hufflepuffs. I really do love you. Um, But yes, I am going to be using it. I'm very excited by it. Um, I am a little bit, Worried uh, about uh, actions uh, transitioning, where developers have got separate applications. So we've already seen this with some apps, like say uh, Things, where they've got a separate iPhone and iPad app. So they have separate shortcuts actions. So they have to do you have to do like the split. But you know you can handle all of that in shortcuts itself. You can say if um and and so on and and check your device type and so on so i think it's all going to be manageable there's plenty to be excited about um and the fact that these things are working and running is great they are not working and running on the intel macbook air that i sacrificed to the monterey gods um but you know i'm going to try an update and see what happens uh and uh yeah
1: Alrighty, folks. Well, uh, that brings us to halftime. So we'll take a quick break before we come back with more. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Instabug. Building mobile apps presents some challenges. Bugs? crashes and well, performance issues can be a nightmare for developers. But what if you could not only detect all these issues, but understand the quality of your app from your user's point of view? Instabug's lightweight SDK grabs all the insights you need to build quality apps through comprehensive bug and crash reports, performance monitoring, and real-time user feedback all in one SDK. With Instabug, you can continuously monitor and measure the performance of your app as perceived by your users, engage with your users by Letting them report issues and questions right from inside your app. Get all the information you need about bugs, crashes, and other issues, and fix those issues in record time, all with a focus on privacy and security. And you don't worry about the hassle of switching to a new tool. It only takes a minute to integrate Instabug into your app, and it fits right within your workflow with support for Jira, Slack, Trello, GitHub, Zendesk, or whatever you use to handle issues. Join more than 25,000 top mobile developers around the world who use Instabug to ship high-quality apps. Go to try.instabug.com slash clockwise. That's try.instabug.com slash clockwise. And our thanks to Instabug for their support of this show. And relay FM.
0: Alrighty, Dan, tell us about your topic. So Apple spent a lot of time talking about SharePlay, which is a big new feature related to FaceTime and also has an API. Seems like it has a lot of potential, this ability to do other activities with people while you're on a FaceTime call. But my question is, is it something people will actually use? Will it convince you to use FaceTime more if you don't already? Have you used any of those other like watch together features that some of the streaming services they've debuted in the last year, Corey?
3: So I think it will convince me to use FaceTime more, but that's mainly out of convenience, right? So, um, I think they're getting to feature parity or maybe slightly under feature parity with some of the other, um, services or some of the other applications that are out there. And I think reaching that parity or close to parity will just make it more convenient because it's right there. It's on my phone, right? I can, I can use that naturally with the folks that have FaceTime. What I'm very, very interested to see is how this API integrates and when the rubber meets the road, you know, do people adopt the API? How well do they adopt the API? How well does Apple help them adopt the API and like how useful is all of that? Your last part of your question here is, um, you know, what other watch together features uh, do you have you used before? Um, There's a there's a site online, right? Watch the number two and then gather um and i've used that before you know in my classes when when all the students were virtual and you know we're coming in together and trying to to watch a video or trying to to see a demonstration of something uh, and that's been very very effective so something like that you know if if it's done well what i worry about is i worry that the um you know the ecosystem is going to be too small right it's not going to engage with enough things that are outside of the apple ecosystem and that barrier to entry or that barrier for me to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, with only FaceTime or with only you know Apple Apple type ecosystem things, um, I, I worry that that's going to be an issue.
1: There are lots of different tools out there that do this kind of thing, but they're all CRUD. With SharePlay, I really think this is a great idea because it will give people the chance to just uh you know meet on facetime which many people are already doing and then also bring this in and it's uh i've been watching a lot of the different sessions and uh you know reading the 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 documents related to this stuff and it's really well thought out and so i i'm really pumped about this i think it's going to be cool and um i think that uh that as other developers take advantage of it, because it will also be used not just for like streaming media per se, but you can start to think about people playing games together um, as you make group experiences. So yeah, I think SharePlay is, is going to be revolutionary.
2: I mean, uh, I think you've all pretty much covered it. I'm definitely going to be using this more because of convenience. You know, my parents only live 10 minutes down the road. But if it's 9 p.m. at night, I'm not going to drive 10 minutes to show my mom which button to click in (laughs) messages um, and then drive home. A, that's just excessive and be bad for the environment um so you know I'm, i i i will be using it for things like that and also when my grandmother gets in a bit of a tizzy thinking she needs an authentication code for a google account no grandma you don't need one um then um you know then i i'll be able to walk her through that and actually see what's on her screen and i know you know we've been able to do this with things like team viewer and stuff before but it's been tricky uh to get people into that whereas you know now you know we can do it through facetime which i think is going to be just a lot easier i've used plexus watch together before um and that worked pretty well um but it means that people need access to a plex account and my plex server and you know it, it's them reliant on whatever it is that I've ripped from DVD um, to be what we all feel like watching and my internet connection to stay up while we're watching it. Spoiler. It does not always manage to do that. I've been having problems recently. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it, it would be good to, for this to happen. I'm really pleased to see Disney plus is on board from the get go. Um, I think, you know, the more people that they can get on board, the fact that they have Ted Lasso, who doesn't want to watch Ted Lasso together? Everybody. Um, <laughs> you know this is it's all great so i'm i'm positive that we're going to see some great stuff out of this so uh yeah it's it's going to be good
0: Well, I'm curious. A lot of the reasons I think you folks bring up is kind of what resonated for me, like the adoption of it. Uh, The API is a big question. I think it, it looks great, but it always depends on how many people adopt it and how many people are, you know, kind of want to do their own thing. I mean, sometimes streaming apps rewrite their entire video player instead of just using the standard video player for some reason that no one understands. And it goes terribly. Um but I, I am tempted by this for a lot of the reasons, and I think it's because they made the API API so general so that as Rosemary was saying, you know, screen sharing and stuff like that, that's a huge part of this. In one of the sessions, they demo like a shared whiteboard that uh, a bunch of people on a FaceTime call can be on. Um, it's cool. I mean, like if people build I think there's great opportunities for multiplayer games. I think there's all sorts of really clever stuff that could be done with this API. There are two big questions for me. One of them is the adoption. The other one is we have a lot of cases where Apple promises that things will just work. (laughs) And sometimes when they don't, it's really irritating. And so if this is it, there's a lot of points of failure here. And I'm hopeful that they have managed to overcome a lot of them. But it's something that will cause people to just sort of give up if it turns out that doesn't work as well as they promised. Uh, I do a podcast with my pal Lex Friedman where we watch movies together and we do commentaries that we record during the movies. This would be great for us because we always do the the, like three, two, one, play like at the same time. And guess what? It doesn't work that well. So I'm hopeful that they've accomplished it, but I am going to be wary about it. Uh, All right. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our final topic today, which comes from Corey.
3: Alrighty, so this topic actually brings together a couple different things we've talked about. Dan mentioned about whether things work or not, and uh, Rosemary asked about her favorite new thing. So Universal Control, Apple released um, or announced Universal Control at WBDC. Um I'm wondering, do you think it's exciting? Do you think it's gimmicky? Um, do you think it's a cool demo and we'll see what it ships? Uh, I'm just interested in your thoughts. So Micah, go ahead.
1: This was one of the things that really just blew my mind, uh, when I saw it. So it is truly moving between different screens all in the same system. Like this is what they promise whenever you're part of the Apple ecosystem. This is what you want. So I, I don't consider it gimmicky. I think it's incredibly exciting and we'll see how well it works because I used to be long ago. I was, you know, in love with Airplay, Airplay or not Airplay, but AirDrop. I was in love with AirDrop. It worked so well for me. And then it uh, stopped working for a while on my 16 inch MacBook Pro and I would have to force quit everything to get it working. And then it's only just now started working again. So AirDrop went from something that was exciting to something that was gimmicky. So we'll see if this does the same thing. Uh, Rosemary, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I've tried the Logitech thing where you can have the mouse and install the software on multiple computers and say where things are. Um, And my Windows computer magically moves from the left to the right and then back again. And I don't quite know what is going on there. Um, And uh, so that's always been a bit flaky. There's other products like Synergy and so on. A lot of people have tried to ship universal controls over the years and they have failed um apple famously come later to the game than other people and then knock it out of the park now they don't always hit a home run but you know maybe they've done it this time the demo looked pretty good and as somebody who has two machines sitting on her desk most of the day at the moment it would be really handy for just you know oh i need to reply to so and so about this thing that they sent me an iMessage on my personal machine and then go back to my work mac um, and be done with it without having, you know, multiple sets of mice and trackpad, right?
0: I find this hilarious, fascinating, bananas, all of those things. My favorite bit in this is when he, Craig had the three one, three devices in a row, and he drags a file from the one all the way in the right, and it has, to, of course, has to go through the one in the middle, which just feels like showing off, right? Like, <laughs> this, computer, this device, it's not even going to do anything with that. It's just passing through. Um, I... I I cannot tell. I, I honestly don't know if this is just some ridiculously over engineered, uh, thing that they decided, well, we can do this. We should do it or whether it has genuine utility. I, I just don't, I'm not sure. Like I'm trying to think of use cases. I mean, I love the fact that according to the specs, like you can be up to like 30 feet away from the other devices, which sounds hilarious. Like, you know, really looking forward to like my wife using the iPad, like on the couch while I'm in the office. I'm like, Let me just go over and grab something. Um, I, I don't know. I think this feature is is utterly ridiculous, and it's yet to be seen, whether it's in a good way or just a way where it's like, this is just silly. Just send airdrop someone a file or something like you've been doing for the last five years. It works just as well. And I think, you know, as Corey pointed out, stuff that just works is great when it when it does and really, really annoying when it doesn't, and you can't figure out why. Like, Micah, my, uh, my problem, my uh, bugbear is the, uh, the, the clipboard, universal clipboard which doesn't work for me anymore. It did for a long time, and now it just doesn't. And you know what? No You can't explain why. You don't know how to fix it. So <laughs> that's, I kind of feel like my worry about this. Corey, why don't you wrap us up here?
3: So, I mean exciting to me but it does depend on how it works right and in my use case and the reason where this i went wow and uh during the keynote was if i'm sitting at a coffee shop and i have my laptop and i have my ipad now i no longer need to carry an external keyboard or i no longer need to have some thick case that has a keyboard attached to it so i can use my ipad when it's make when it makes sense to use my ipad and i can use my um laptop when I, when it makes sense to use my laptop. So that's, that's feature number one, number two, uh, the ability to share things supposedly, hopefully cross fingers seamlessly between iPad and, and my Mac. I mean, you know, that, that right there, if those two things work, it's great. If they turn into a hold down on the app icon until it starts to wiggle and then try to (laughs) magically put it in the exact perfect place, wherever you need it to go. Um, then I'm going to I'm not going to be as happy, but I think it's going to be super exciting if it works.
1: This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Secret Sauce from Wondery. In Wondery's podcast series, Secret Sauce, host John Fry and Sam Donner explore the stories and successes behind some of the world's most inspiring businesses, creative innovators, and intrepid entrepreneurs. And at the top of their list is Johnny Ive. As listeners of this show know, without the unstoppable partnership of Steve Jobs and Johnny Ive, Apple would not be where it is today. When they came together in the 90s, Apple was in serious trouble. But with their work on products like the iMac and iPod, it started a trajectory to where we are today, with Apple being one of the biggest companies in the world. On the outside, they may have appeared to be an unlikely duo, but their sense of taste and design linked the two of them together to form an incredible partnership. The all-new season of Secrets breaks down exactly how the odd couple of Apple computer came together and reached the pinnacle of success in Silicon Valley. One of the best things is kind of like sitting back and imagining these characters who are true real human beings and hearing their history as you kind of form this this image in your mind of what it was like, and you kind of get to step in their shoes. It's a very uh, empathetic experience, which is really uh, kind of nice about these figures that you may otherwise kind of put up on a pedestal. Uh, You out there can do the same by listening to Secret Sauce on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen one week early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Wondery. Feel the story. Our thanks to Wondery for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, folks, quickly, I've got a bonus topic for you. Do you take physical notes, digital notes, or a hybrid
2: uh, yes, it's a hybrid. Uh, there's uh, note cards littered all over my desk. There's an iPad Pro with an Apple Pencil here. Uh, there's drafts open. It's it's a mess, but I I can always find things. So I figure it's working.
0: Uh, mostly digital. My handwriting is pretty much illegible to myself. So, so every once in a while, I do it because the the feeling of writing a an analog note is actually helpful. But yeah, anything that needs to be archived or kept, it's digital.
3: To Rosemary's point, it's a mess. Um, It's both digital and physical, and I wish I was as organized as she was because she said she could find everything
1: i'm also hybrid um i have like field notes sitting on my desk and i definitely use that but uh, there's no rhyme or reason to what gets put where for the most part so who knows who knows when something will be made into a digital note versus a physical note um all right folks i believe we are there we are at the end of this episode of clockwise all that's left is to thank our incredible guests rosemary orchard thanks so much for being here today
2: Thank you very much for having me again. It was lovely to be here.
0: And Corey Hickson, thank you for your clockwise debut. Come back soon. I
3: hope to. Thank you very much.
0: And Micah, that's all we have time for this week. But until next time, we remind everybody out there watch what you say
1: and keep watching the clock.